0: hi creative it's lauren here i just want to remind you that if you love the podcast the best way to support the show is by leaving it a rating and review on spotify and apple podcasts and uh, another great way to support the show is by sharing it with a friend or posting about it on social media if you do post it on social media tag me at lauren lagrasso and at unleash your inner creative and i will repost to share my gratitude and remember to tag the guests too so they can also share okay Now let's get to the show. What do you do with your ideas? Do you hold them in the back of your mind? Do you write them down? How do you go from idea to action, especially when your idea is way outside of what you're used to doing creatively? Today's guest is a multi-passionate creative who talks about how he's making his big, wild idea come to life. The kicker is that his idea has nothing to do with his current career. He'll walk you through, step by step, with tips on how to gain the confidence you need to make your out-of-the-box dream come true. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Creative with Lauren LaGrasso. I'm Lauren LaGrasso. I'm an award-winning podcast host and producer, singer-songwriter, public speaker, actor, and creative coach, and this show is meant to give you tools to claim the word creative, take fear out of the driver's seat, and love yourself enough to pursue whatever it is that's on your heart. On the show, we explore the creative process and journey, mental health, self-development, spirituality, and everything it means to be a human and become more human. Today's guest is Michael Jade. You may remember him from guesting on the show in 2021, and he's also a real-life friend. And you may remember him as a professional singer-songwriter and producer signed to Warner Chapel Music. But he also just started a brand-new company called Renaissance Club, so he's adding entrepreneur to the list. He's bringing our world a service he says he wished into existence. Renaissance Club is a membership that curates unique surprise experiences for its users each month. Some of those experiences include archery, whale watching, float tanks, stand-up comedy, and even blacksmith classes. It's so valuable for people who want to reclaim their curiosity and unleash your inner creative who just don't know how or who have forgotten how to. I wanted to have Mikey on the show again because he's always proving that your career is not your identity. Creatives just create, and that can happen through many different outlets. If you have any fear around taking a different path than you're currently on and tackling the seemingly massive hurdle that is actually physically starting a new venture, then this episode is perfect for you. Mikey also has some great advice around boredom, the word boredom, the concept of boredom, and why maybe it's not such a bad thing that truly fascinated me. One final note Mikey has just launched an Indiegogo campaign. And if you love this idea and him, I urge you to donate whatever you can to help his dream come true. Okay, now here he is, my friend, Michael Jade. Welcome to the show, Mikey. Thank you. You've been on the show before. You're doing an incredible new company called Renaissance Club, which is why I wanted to have you here, because I think it really is a perfect extension of Unleash Your Inner Creative and something that so many people who listen to the show will want to be a part of. But before we get into that, we're in your studio right now. You're a professional musician and songwriter. And you walked in, you're like, why do I have Take a Chance on Me in my head?
1: (laughs) And I'm like, well... I've been singing that song all morning for some reason. Yeah. Like completely subconsciously singing that song. And I have no idea why. Yeah. And then the second I walked in, you were just like, maybe because you're asking people to take a chance on you.
0: (laughs) It could be, potentially could be the reason.
1: That's exactly
0: what it is. (laughs) But that brings us to why you're here today. So last time you were on the show, you talked all about your path as a musician and a lot of your spiritual journey Mm. and how you had started writing a book. A novel at that time and how it was really hard for you to get there because you had to kind of say like, okay, well, maybe I can be more than just a musician. Maybe I'm many things. Maybe my creativity is multitudes and this is one path it's taking. And now you're finding yourself doing that again, but on an even grander scale because you're you're putting it into the world.
1: Yeah. This one I'm actually... And I do plan to put the book out. I, I think I got to a place with the book where... I just felt like, okay, this needs, I need to take a break from this. I finished it Mm -hmm. and I got to a place where I was like, I need to take a break from this because something about this doesn't feel finished. So it deserved a break and fresh eyes. And so, yeah. And now this is sort of a totally different venture. Um, I think all of that is coming from this idea of like, just wanting to make a thing Exist in the world. And it's not even about being an author or a musician or a, a entrepreneur, like all these words. To me, it's just like there's a there's an idea and you want it to exist. What does it take for the idea to exist? And when you strip away the labels and like the, you know, what are you and what what is your title and this and that, it kind of just frees you up to just try to be creative and try to figure out what does it take to make this thing exist, and it's just an idea, and that's it.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, that's kind of how I've always felt and think, is that I have like one overall purpose and thesis statement for life, and that all these creative exploits are just ways of achieving that. Right. And I'm really proud of you that you came to that, because you're such... I mean, you're doing it in an incredibly driven and career-y way, so you're doing it in a way that makes sense still for you, but I think... When I was listening to you talk last year, I was like, oh, he's so like pinpointed. And I hope that he sees he's like much more than just this one thing. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it's funny, like we were talking about my name earlier. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's surely some kind of through line between my identity crisis of changing my name constantly and changing my Identity constantly. And- Will you
0: tell the listeners how your name has changed? Yes. Yeah. So
1: I was born with the name Eyal, spelled E-Y-A-L, which is an Israeli name. And I love that name now. But when I was seven, eight years old and you're going to class and, you know, the teacher can't pronounce your name and all the kids are snickering, you know, you like you crouch and you shy mm-hmm. away from that. And so I changed my name to the most common name in America, Mike not even realizing that Mike is short for Michael. <laughs> and I insisted that it was legally notarized to Mike. As a 10-year-old. As Yeah. Well, so it wasn't officially notarized until many years later, but I only went by Mike. Right. And so I got to the point where when I got older, it was like my license says Mike, Jadef, not Michael. And then recently, as I've been going by the name Michael Jade, <laughs> I was like, okay, well, now this is causing issues with like – You know, booking flights and with getting paid, they're writing checks to Michael, not Mike. So I was like, I should change my name legally again to Michael. I never totally abandoned Ayol, that's still my middle name. But now I really appreciate Ayol, but to go back to it practically speaking would just be very difficult. And so, yeah, that's kind of the story of how my name's evolved. And also, my identity has kind of evolved from you know, musician, rock star that I wanted to be when I was a kid to songwriter to then wanting to write a book. And now I'd wanted to make movies, you know, now want to start this service, this venture. And it's been just nice to just let go of this whole idea of like, I am a blank and just go, I'm not anything. I'm just existing and trying to make stuff. And the, the rest of those rigid lines just seem to be kind of limiting.
0: Totally. I think it's very evolved and spiritually attuned to say, I'm not anything. Yeah. You know, it's like we spent, I think that that is a Buddhist principle. You spend all your life like figuring out your identity
1: right, and then you let it go. Right. You let it go and you just recognize like all these identities are are man-made and they're just, they're just in your head. And, and I'm not saying that they serve no purpose. Like they Mm -hmm. definitely help you navigate in the world and help people kind of know who you are. I think it also connects tribes together right. in a way. I think it just gets destructive at the point where it starts to limit your creativity and limit your possibilities and what you can do.
0: Right. I think that's so profound. If a label helps you expand, then certainly take it on. But the minute you find the label is making you shrink, that's maybe a time to start reassessing the label.
1: Yeah. And you can harbor both ideas. You can harbor the idea that you are an author or you're a singer. And also kind of like you wear that as a mask, but then you secretly kind of know, okay, I'm not really that. I'm not. When I go to sleep, when I'm with people I love, when I'm I, like, that that's not who I am. That's a mask I'm wearing right now. And I think it's important to always know that deep down you're not the thing, and you're just kind of acting that role for, for that time.
0: For somebody who's wound up their identity in one thing for better or for worse, what's your advice for them on how to begin to unwind from that, both literally and spiritually?
1: That's a great question. And I don't know how authorized I am to answer that. Uh, But in my experience, at least for me, the way it's helped, meditation has helped a lot just because the whole practice of meditation is about relinquishing everything you think you know and just seeing everything as it is. Mm. And so when you do that, even just on a small level, not with your whole identity, but even just with like when you look at a chair – You go, that is a chair. But when you're meditating, you're not seeing it as a chair. You're seeing it as like color and shape and form. And you can start to see the parts it's made out of. And it's actually just sticks. And then it's, well, what are those sticks? Those are just atoms put together in a certain order. And before you know it, it's like not a chair. It's just this thing, Mm. just like everything in a room. And so you could start to do it with small things. And then I suppose you could work your way out to your own self and start to just see yourself as this process as an organism that's just changing. And I think regularly just it's so- it's like it feels like a softening, just a softening of of the way you think of yourself.
0: Yeah. And a letting go of having to have it all figured out, too.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally.
0: I feel like that is where a lot of my suffering comes from is and I'm not using suffering in the terms of like so but like you know human suffering big ass suffering yeah like my suffering comes from the space between the idea and the figuring out of the idea instead of just letting myself be in those moments and I'm finding that true like in my relationships in my creativity like me not knowing what the answer is the space between like the spark and the figuring out I can't handle it yeah I I really can't handle it so what I'm gaining from what you're saying too is like just like opening up your hands and allowing
1: versus trying to control. Totally, totally. And just having that uncertainty just be a part of just something you are friends with. Yeah. And just like just being okay with uncertainty and just kind of, and I think it does take a kind of like confidence to just be uncertain and and be totally okay in that. And I think that takes practice. And I think also there is a sort of, level of certainty that we all do need to get that confidence. Like I think if you are someone who doesn't know where their next meal is going to come from, or if you don't, you know, you don't have basic kind of survival and relationship needs met, that's difficult. And I think it is, you do need a certain amount of certainty in some things, but yeah, the more uncertainty you can live with, yeah, I think the, the softer you can be and Yeah.
0: Ooh. That's a good quote.
1: Yeah. Well, that's not mine. The, um, one of my, this is probably one of my favorite Tony Robbins quotes. At least I heard him say it. I don't know if he originated it, but happiness is the amount of uncertainty you can live with, Ooh, which I just thought was great. But I like the more uncertainty you can live with, the softer you can be. Oh, well, that one's completely mine.
0: Yeah, so completely put it on a t-shirt, honey buns. <laughs> so, okay, let's, let's tell the kids what the idea is. And then I want to go through yeah. the spark, thinking maybe it could be something. Oh, my God, it has to be something. It's something.
1: Mm, I love that. I love that. So, yeah, Renaissance Club is a membership service where you basically once a month or twice a month, depending on your subscription, you are going to try something new. So you're going to do either, it could be anything from whale watching to blacksmithing, candle making, Tai Chi, go to a museum, a show. It's across the board and it's across seven. So all the activities are derived from seven categories. So there's Mm -hmm. motion, so like physical things, arts and crafts, so pottery, painting, things like that. Spirituality, so things like float tanks and meditation and kind of different spiritual practices, um, culinary arts, so cooking classes, basically culture, which is my favorite one, which is just, it's kind of like the miscellaneous everything else. So comedy shows and just interesting things in LA and random things. There's a thrill seeker category, which is so that this is an optional category and it's for people that are, you know, want to go skydiving and hot air ballooning and things like that. And the last category is philanthropy, which is also an op- optional, but it's basically every fifth activity in your cycle, you're going to do something that you're going to help out a soup kitchen or an animal shelter or something like that. And there's benefits to doing that. So that's the gist of the company. And and the whole idea is that it's all prepaid. You never know what you're going to do next. It's you literally get an email saying, "Hey, Lauren." On Wednesday, show up here at three o'clock, you're taking a surfing class and you just go and do it. You come home, live your life, and then you do another thing. And there's no spam from the companies, no like your email's not signed up for it. So it's just this kind of... Pure. Yeah. Yeah. Very clean thing.
0: And is it once a month you're doing these activities?
1: So once or twice a month, depending on your subscription. So you can decide which one, how frequently you want.
0: I love it because it sounds like an artist state from Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. Mm. So if somebody's doing The Artist's Way, this is like a perfect companion piece because the whole thing is you're supposed to take yourself out on an artist state, which is like just you by yourself, doing something to reinvigorate your curiosity and bring out your inner child. And all of these things you've mentioned fit into that category. And sometimes it's hard to figure out what The artist State is. Like You're like, okay, I could go skip through a park today, you know, but blacksmithing. Right. Whale watching. And that's like that's something you probably wouldn't yeah. ever
1: do on your own. Exactly. And I I mean, just in the process of hunting down this this stuff to do, I was just blown away by how much there is to do in L.A. Like there are so many things and there are so many vendors like merchants and artists and teachers and professionals who have something extraordinary to share. And they're rarely stumbled upon by the average person. And you know, when I took my blacksmithing class, I was the only one there. And he he just said like, yeah, you're the only one here. We don't get a ton of people. I'm like, because nobody knows what this is. <laughs> like, yeah. this is so cool. And I learned how to forge this tool and you can make letter openers and this, like, I now that I know how to do it. I'm recognizing it everywhere. Like I, the gate outside my house is forged from a blacksmith and you can start to see like how they made it. And you, you learn to use an anvil and You stick stuff inside in in this like furnace. Wow. And it's such a meditative process. It took four hours and I made this tool and I remember sticking it in the oven. It, It glows orange and then you manipulate it and then it cools off and you have to put it back in the oven and it's this back and forth process and it's just, it's so fascinating. And there's so many things like that in LA that, and everywhere that people can do and they just don't know about it.
0: Yeah. And I I feel like the cool thing about what you're giving people is you're helping them appreciate everything around them more. Yeah. Because that's what I always say about even like podcasting. I'm like, you should know how to do every part of the job. Hmm. So you should know how it feels to be a host, how it feels to be a producer, how it feels to edit, because then you can appreciate every piece of it. And when you're managing people in the field, if you tell them something to do, you know exactly what it takes. And if you're asking them too much or too little. You know, yeah. And I feel like that's like a very micro example, but on a macro level, like just the idea of you really appreciating your gate because right. you know exactly <laughs> what it took made. to yeah. make it. Yeah. You know, just seeing the world through the eyes of a creator. Right. I think you're giving people the opportunity totally. to do that, which totally. is very cool. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with this because I really think it could make the world a better place because you're helping people unleash their inner creative, which is why I started the podcast, because I do think repressed creativity causes a lot of the world's suffering. Mm. But tell me where the idea for this began.
1: Great question. I'd say it probably started a couple years ago. I just journaled about it. It was one of those things where I have this, one of my journals is, is this something? And it's just any idea that comes to my head, whether it could be a Facebook post, it could be a movie idea, it could be a company or a song or a lyric, I just put it in there, and I leave it alone. And then sometimes it just pulls at me. Um, so so many of like songs I've written have come from this list. And just do you write is
0: this something?
1: Yeah, th- that's the name of the journal. So I have like in my journal, there's like categories of things. Wow. So there's like lyric ideas. There's is this something. There's daily thoughts and things like that just so i
0: love that i want to push that out that's a great idea for all of
1: us to start doing oh it's it's and is this
0: something journal or a category in a journal okay i want to start doing that totally totally
1: and so i i mean like literally i could show you it's i use day one it's a journaling app i'm obsessed with it so this is day one (laughs) and this is the renaissance club journal but here is these are my categories so this is is this something And every single one of these is just random ideas. (laughs) Wow. And so Renaissance Club, before it was called that, was just this idea of like, what if there was a way where people could just try everything? And so the idea, to answer your question, actually, when Emily and I started dating.
0: Which was like five years ago Which was like five years ago,
1: yeah. She, you know, came out here and didn't really know what she wanted to do. And, you know, she had left this financial job and that was one of the first times where the idea kind of came into my head of like I wish you could just try a bunch of stuff Mm -hmm. like just try things and just investigate and we all can do that but the thing is we don't because you have to sign up for things and things are expensive and There's just, you also don't know about all this. And you have to do the
0: research, which is a huge part of it too. The mental load it takes to figure these things out.
1: There's a lot of friction between you and trying a lot of new things. And so we all tend to grab the lowest hanging fruit, which is, you know, whatever job your friends are doing or whatever your, you know, boyfriend is doing. And so that was one time where the idea kind of irked me. It was kind of mm-hmm. like just pulled at my brainstem a little bit. And then my mom, you know, kind of dealing with the empty nester thing. I, I want I was like, I wish this could be really cool for her because like for people who their kids are gone and they don't really have like they're retired and they yeah. don't really know what to do. That could be great for them. Mm-hmm. And slowly, slowly, like there were as I would just live my life, more and more examples of people that could use something like this just started to pop up. Like I would just talk to people about random things and I'd be like, Oh, I feel like you could really use this. Oh, you could really use this. Okay, you know what? Like this has bothered me enough now. I'm gonna just make this happen and make this a thing.
0: And that was over the course of years. Yes.
1: It okay. was over the course of like three years. Wow. So a year ago is when I I really started to like do the boots to the ground work of like going around LA looking for every cool thing to do that I could find whether it's you know a class or a, an experience and just writing them down finding out what they cost and this was all you know during the pandemic which actually is another reason why I think this is important is because now that we're kind of all knock on wood slowly seeping out of this if we are It's just another thing I think people need to, like, get out of the house. We're
0: all so screwed up. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't know anyone who's not burnt out right now.
1: Yeah, totally. We're just all
0: collectively burnt out and traumatized. Yes. And people need a way to release that and come back to the beauty of life. Yes. However they can, whatever level they can. Like, opportunities for joy feel less and less.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: And what I see this as is... What was the phrase about curiosity?
1: Reclaim your curiosity. Reclaim
0: your curiosity. So you're allowing people to reclaim their curiosity, which is
1: also allowing them an opportunity to reclaim their joy. Absolutely. I mean, just trying something new and being a kid at something Mm -hmm. is so exciting. And that's something I learned from writing the book. I remember like having no business writing a book and feeling like, This is just fun. This is like this was being eight years old and trying something and having no idea, not thinking about the industry of it or whether it's going to make money. This is just fun to do a new thing. Um, Whether you're good at it or not, that's the fun thing. And part of the idea of this is to help people try things and hopefully come upon something that they're like, I'm really good at this, actually. Like this comes really naturally to me. I want to sign up for this and do this. And then you leave Renaissance Club and you just do – The thing. So, if you really, really connect with Tai Chi, you just stop doing my thing, and you just, you know, become a patron of Tai Chi.
0: And I love that. That's part of the, I guess, ethos of the company that you're not here to like be there forever. Thing. If that happens, great. Yeah. But like all good therapists, your goal is to get them out of therapy.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly right. Yeah. If a therapist is doing their job, then you don't need them forever. And this is partly to help people connect with, um, it's like keys finding keyholes, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: So how'd you get the guts to actually do it?
1: A little bit of ignorance, not really letting myself see the reality of like starting a company.
0: Yeah. Oh, I I think that that's a very vital part to starting anything new. If you know too much, you'll never do it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You can't look at the whole mountain. Mm -hmm. You just need to see like a couple steps ahead of you. And so the guts of a year of just going, okay, I'm not going to start a company. This isn't anything. I'm just curious how many things there are to do in LA. I'm just going to try some stuff. And then that turned into, okay, I'm going to make a list out of this. Now, hypothetically speaking, (laughs) if I were to average out the cost of these things, what would that take? And so step by step, it was kind of this just almost fooling my own self into starting this. Yeah, guts is an interesting way to think about it because I I don't really think of myself as someone necessarily with guts I just it's more just like just wanting it to exist and what would it take
0: huh I like that so for a person who maybe is like you or views themselves the way you do where you don't feel you're particularly gutsy the best way to do it is just logically step by step continually asking what would it take to make this possible yeah And then filling in the
1: blanks. Exactly. And just, and letting reality tell you the answer and, and just, you know, and yeah, you kind of do need to ignore the mountain or ignore the, the big picture a little bit. And just, Mm -hmm. I mean, keeping your eye on the ball, obviously, but like just trying to figure out what it takes to make it happen. And I think a lot of creativity happens there, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's to me, that to me is so fun. I'll give you just one small example, like making the commercial, the promo Mm -hmm. video. I was like, okay, I need to show people doing a bunch of different activities. And instead of going out and like, I don't have the money to like get a whole film crew to follow everybody around showing them doing archery and pottery and all this stuff and make it beautiful. So I found stock footage online and found shots. I scoured the internet for like shots that don't look like that cheesy corporate footage shot. I thought that that was all originally shot. Right. Yeah. And, and, but it's just, it was just a kind of a what stuff looks interesting and kind of not necessarily stock footagey and that whole process was so fun and it was like this creative scouring for stuff to make a commercial and making a commercial was really fun and even to to not make it feel like a commercial but like an indie trailer i was like that's a tone that i want and turn this into like an art piece in and of itself and trying to do that with a budget was really fun Yeah. So this whole process has just been this very like creative process of just not knowing that I need because I think if I had had limitations in my brain of like, okay, how do commercials get made?
0: That makes sense to me. And I think, again, what I'm noticing about all of the things you're saying is the thesis statement of the brand is part of everything you are doing, which is Mm. so important. Right. You know, it even makes me think to like this podcast or my music or like the shows I produce. Like, how can I make my work that i do on the show and like around the show yes. go into what the mission statement
1: or the thesis statement of the show is yes because otherwise why right and and this is what you want to say to the world like yeah this is what you're so good at saying is unleash your inner creative you can weave that into everything that like that there's so many artistic ways to say that yeah that's like what you're bringing to the world right now mm-hmm. is is that and and i completely agree you can weave that into everything you do
0: how do you not get wrapped up in the minutia
1: um what do you what do you mean by like, i mean
0: like the day-to-day toils cuz it seems like you're really finding a way even mm. with the difficulty of being an entrepreneur and having this startup right you don't seem like you're getting wrapped up in the minutia or right.
1: if you are tell me
0: how you're dealing with
1: that i i think that's part of the I I love the big picture as much as I love the building blocks of things. And so, you know, I come from a family of people in the medical field who are very concerned with details and hard, cold science. And so I kind of look at anything you want to get done creatively as you do need the building blocks and you do need the little... And it, it just comes down to what does it take to get this done? And so if it means sitting down... And having a big, boring spreadsheet, to me, it's not boring because it's like these are the building blocks for this thing. And I do think, it, yeah, there's kind of like a diligence and like a very mm. monastic kind of patience that you just need and patience, maybe cultivating patience and kind of seeing even the boring little things as not boring but as like trying to find them exciting and
0: Yeah, and that's what's gonna allow you to do the exciting things.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I need to think
0: about that more. Like I get so wrapped up into like how much I hate the tasky parts.
1: I mean, that- but you do so much. I mean, there's to me, there's you're one of the best examples of someone who knows how to like you get shit done. But people who don't get things done, like people that are all talk and kind of have these big wild ideas but then never actually do anything with them to me are the people that are scared of the minutia, mm. and you are just the total opposite of that like you do so much <laughs> like your yeah. actions are where your mouth are all the time
0: do you, i always feel like i could do more though sure sure i yeah. mean that's
1: maybe your prerogative but but you do you like you do A lot. (laughs) You don't just talk about it. Okay. So I think you. Yeah, I would. You know, give yourself some credit.
0: That's what one thing I did learn about myself. Like even last week, because you know, Mikey, you're at my birthday party. I had a little cute little birthday party last week. Spectacular birthday. It was really fun. And after I showed people my new condo, and like some people came in and they're like, "Oh my god, I can't believe how unpacked you already are." And I felt like I was so behind. I was (laughs) like, I but. I right. don't even, like, have everything in place yet. There's still, like, two boxes in the closet. And it's like, Lauren, you've been here
1: one week. Yeah. <laughs> like... I mean, no, like, you really... And but, and, and but, you know, and it's fun. To me, like, moving to yeah. a new house, decorating it and finding your vibe. And yeah. to me, that's fun. Like, I don't it know. It is
0: fun. Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe I live there. It's so It's cool. incredible. It's so cool. Congratulations. Like, Thank seriously. You. It's Thank you. Well, you inspired me with... Having this place, I was like, wow, if he did it, maybe I could do it. Of course you could do it. Figure it out. Of
1: course, yeah. Um, No, it's spectacular.
0: But, okay, so you decided you had to do it. You started doing it. What did it feel like putting it into the world? And, like, knowing people are going to see, like, hey, this guy is doing more than
1: Mm. music. Yeah, yeah. He's
0: multitudes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't thinking too much about, like, anyone's perception of it. I was more just like... Music is kind of this ethereal value to the world that I, I've i always loved music and I still do and I'm still – I still make music. I'm producing an album now and I'm, I'm – but the value that it brings people isn't so easy to pinpoint. Um, it can help people through a difficult day. It definitely, definitely has value. I think because maybe I come from such an analytical family and that – There's like this thing that my brain just finds analytical things yummy and there's something (laughs) about this where I'm like this is the first thing where I can see the value directly. Like I know that if you go do this thing, if you take a surfing class and you have a blast, I know that brought you value and joy and it's really fun to to work on a project for the first time that I'm like, okay, if I do A, B, and C, I will get to D. Where with music, you could do... You could work on something for years and years and it doesn't amount to anything or you could work on something for five minutes and it could change your life. And with this, this is very like, okay. you do this, then you do this, then you do this and you will get this. And things are a little bit more predictable. And I think I needed.
0: Well, it feels like school. I love that. Yeah. I miss school.
1: (laughs) Right. In a way. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny to say that now. but It's true. Well, I, I, I
0: miss like college part of school where. I was studying the things I wanted to, and I knew if I just put in this amount of work, right. I could get a good There's grade. There's something
1: very like, yeah. refreshing about that and kind of false because the real world clearly isn't like that. No. You know, the, it's not about how hard you work. It's how smart you work. And so this is kind of one of those things where I was like, I know this is valuable because it's valuable to me, and I want this to exist in the world. And I think if I want this to exist in the world, I'm sure at least 50 other people Want this and need this, and so that was once I kind of got there, I was like, okay, this is worth doing, and Mm. now just figure out how to do it.
0: So, what did it feel like that day you put out the commercial?
1: Oh man, it was it was really nice to get it off my chest to just kind of put it out, and it was definitely a little scary because I was like, this is really the first time I'm putting this up against people and seeing what people might think of this idea. The response was overwhelming and awesome and only invigorated me more. So that just revved my engines like a billion. And yeah, now here we are. And I'm I'm trying to just keep more, get more eyes on the idea and build funding for the next leg of this thing, which is to build this very complex data system. Oh, yeah. And so the data system is basically so I guess I should have said like the way this works is everything is curated to you. So if you have a peanut allergy and you're terrified of heights and you're only available on weekends, you can put that into your profile in the thing. So in the final version of this, you'll be able to put all this information into your profile and then I only and then I'll be able to filter out activities that don't work for you so i can't i won't give you a cooking class with peanuts in it i won't make you skydive or bungee jump thank you (laughs) and you know so yeah and that and so that's kind of this data system is very complex and it requires the vendors to all be tagged a certain way and for you to have a dynamic calendar and that's going to take a very creative customly built system and that's expensive (laughs) <laughs> and so
0: you're doing fundraising
1: yeah on indiegogo. on
0: indiegogo yeah what did that feel like putting the fundraising thing out
1: and like what are your tactics for other people who are looking to sure. do something similar sure yeah i mean it's it's scary i've never i've been i don't know we can get into the therapy of this but i've always had an issue asking people for help oh yeah and asking people for money especially i've never done well
0: how does your family look at it because for me i know it comes from my family Like, my mom and dad are always, like, even when I was doing my first album, like, I think I might do, like, a Kickstarter. My mom's like, don't do that. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, isn't it okay? Like, there used to be patrons of the arts. Like, (laughs) there are people who used to do this. That doesn't really exist anymore. So, if I raise, like, five grand, maybe I could do an even cooler music video. Right, right. She's like, no, don't do that. Like, you could figure it out. And I was like...
1: Yeah. It's just like,
0: it's a weird Italian shame thing.
1: I don't know if there's anything in your culture. I don't know where it comes from. I mean, I... You know, my parents are very supportive, even Mm -hmm. about the Indiegogo, but I think I definitely get this, you know, maybe a little bit from both of my parents, um, this kind of like soldier thing of like, do it yourself. And if you want it done right, you have to do it yourself. Maybe it's a trust issue. Maybe it's a, I don't know. Yeah. Like there's
0: also a fear around, like, it's very vulnerable to say like, I have an idea that I think is so valuable that. I actually would
1: like your support for it. Yes. It's so hard. And and I think you're also in a way beholden to people when you ask for help or mm-hmm. you feel beholden in some way. And yeah, vulnerability. It's mm-hmm. saying I need your help. Like that's mm-hmm. that's difficult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, doing the Indiegogo definitely felt a little squirmy to me but people have just been so kind and even even people that aren't able to donate right now like the just sharing and and encouraging it's just been wonderful and my plan is regardless of whether you know we meet the goal or not it's like I'll figure it out I'll figure it out you know you always do I just want this to exist and if it doesn't come from this campaign it'll come from another one or I'll just scramble things together so the campaign's been interesting I'm learning so much i'm also learning that i should have done <laughs> like uh d- digital marketing is just one of my total total blind spots like i just have no i don't have tiktok i i've never i haven't used facebook in 10 years i'm rarely ever on instagram so having a digital marketing campaign and just learning that i need to have people with target ads and doing all this is yeah, just new to for me. the indiegogo for the indiegogo wow is new to me, and so I'm now on Upwork trying to find a digital marketing expert who can kind of help me run this campaign for the next 30 to 45 days. And it's just learning. I'm just learning. Yeah, you know, like it's like a huge learning curve, and this whole process has just been a tremendous learning curve of of like making a commercial and and making kind of promo things and and trying to even build a brand and at a, and a vi- visually build a brand. And build an ethos and, and create a kind of a world around this. Cause it's not like just a product. I'm not just selling oh, you a coat.
0: It's you a know. culture. It's a culture, yeah. it's a
1: community. And, but it, you know, it all comes from something very, very simple. It's just going, what do I like? And just trusting that, just trusting your own taste and like, okay, if I didn't make this, what would attract me? Yeah. visually color wise what do i just like what do i think is cool what kind of poetry like i'm poetry is a big part of this like i'm posting a lot of poetry and i'm just like i think that's cool i just think it's cool and it's it's that simple it's not like what are the analytics saying? I'm not googling like what should people do. It's yeah, because kind
0: of... it's too early for that anyway. Yeah. Like and once it's not you fun. have some users,
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But
0: that's such a big thing because if you're gonna do all this work, it should at least be fun and of enjoyable. Course. There's two things you've been repeatedly saying that I really really like. One is I want this to exist. I yeah. want this to exist. If you don't have that behind the creative thing you're doing, then yeah. stop.
1: Yes, because it's not yes. worth it. Yes. Like you're
0: doing it for someone else, or because you think you should be something, or because
1: you think it'll make you a lot of money. Yeah. Or but yeah. if
0: you don't want that thing that you're creating, yes. it will never be worth it to you. And it maybe it will have some sort of lifespan, but it won't work out in the end. So I That's think that right. that is so important. The other thing is asking, what would I like? What would make me buy in? That's mm. something I continually say to Emily, like when we're writing titles for the show. I'm like, what would make you click if you didn't know me or care about me or the show? Totally. Like, we have to always think from that perspective, like, what would incite you? Because ultimately, you're going to attract like-minded people, at right. least in the beginning, right? And then you can expand yes. from there. Yeah. But I think that that's so brilliant and such an important thing to remind any creator Yeah. Of.
1: And you trust that, like, what you like, many other people probably like. Like, yeah. you're not stupid. You're not, you're not like you weren't born under a rock. And yeah, you have, you're not like, some
0: alien. Yeah,
1: like, your tastes are, are, or... But if you are, that's awesome because we love aliens. I
0: love aliens. And if you yeah. guys are here, thank you so much for all the good work you do. <laughs> if did. you can
1: understand what if we're saying. If you can understand what we're saying. But yeah, I, I, I really, I, I completely agree. And there's so much out there. You can find people that like what you like. They exist. And especially now with the internet, mm-hmm. you can find them. Yeah, You know, if they live in China, if they live in Zimbabwe, you'll find them Yeah, right away yeah yeah
0: yeah it was a it's a lot smaller world than it used to be mm-hmm. So what's the next step now? Like we're going to raise the money and then what?
1: Yeah, raise the money, build this data system. That's the that's the most important thing is to build this thing that will allow me to book many people at once. So right now mm. the, in the beta run, I'm just manually booking everyone. Wow. I'm literally going to every website and booking people and then sending them emails with the information. That process needs to become more automated. So that's like the basic thing that I need to build to scale this, once I do that, there's going to be a second beta run with more people testing out that system. But the thing works and it exists. And so that's like that at that point, this thing will work and I'll be able to do it. And so even if I don't raise money for like influencer marketing and all that stuff to just market it, I'll be able to make to have it work. And then at that point, whether it's word of mouth or marketing that grows it, we'll see. Yeah. Um, But that's it. There's not much more that's needed for this to happen. And that's why I'm hoping by July, like my my launch date is in July. Like I'm shooting to to have a full blown launch in July. How did you choose July? Just kind of planning out like, okay, if this beta run is going to end in March, It'll take about a month and a half. I spoke like with my um i t guy who's helping me build this. It'll take about a month and a half to build out the system, maybe give another month to allow for mistakes, and then the second beta run about another two months
0: so you sound like you're handling everything really logically and strategically as much as you can, yeah. you know as yeah. things come up. yeah, I know you're a very spiritual person, so I'm curious what your spiritual self care is like during this time. With so much change. That's
1: a phenomenal question. And I was literally talking about this this morning with Emily on my – when we were walking. It's been difficult because my rhythm has changed so much. Mm. And I've gotten – it's been so brain-consuming building this thing and exhausting, wonderfully exhausting. But I haven't had the kind of mental – the kind of general – awareness that I like to have throughout the day and I've, I've been very kind of in it and so I think now that this thing is the uh, Indiegogo's launched I'm very slowly and steadily getting back into my kind of spiritual rhythm and my mm-hmm. and my longer meditations and and meditation isn't like I don't really see meditation as like the sacred spiritual thing of <laughs> like like a sacrum you know For me, it's, it's, it's a way of life and awareness is just something you employ throughout the day all the time. Right. And I think when things, when your life gets turbulent or things change a lot, that's when you need it the most. And yet that's when we tend to like forget about it. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely been a challenge. And, um, I, I have been trying to stay aware and stay grounded and stay like, okay, you know, don't, don't let things get too turbulent keep your cool one step at a time, relax, play with your dog, be present, (laughs) you know, all those things like, but, but I do feel like it is crazy. And this is part of the energy of doing something new. And this is a good thing. When you do something new, you get this energy and you do feel a little bit like you're lifting off the ground. There is this like rabid energy to it and you need to balance it. Like I definitely find myself needing to go, okay, slow down. Like where in my normal rhythmic life, it's it naturally happens.
0: Yeah. Is that the ice cream man?
1: That is the ice cream man. <laughs> that is the ice cream man.
0: The ice cream man is here There's to take our, our troubles away.
1: <laughs> There's another ice cream man that comes later at night and has a much creepier truck sound. I wish they wouldn't. It's so creepy. <laughs> For two years, I legitimately thought it was like some drug front thing like a like they were just like alerting a drug deal that it was happening or something
0: did we just come up with
1: a movie <laughs> the drug front ice cream man
0: <laughs> but i feel like it's a horror film you oh, know yeah. it's like the ice cream man comes yeah. in jordan on...
1: peele should direct it It'll yeah be great yeah. Yeah. yeah there's like
0: some <laughs> deep deep meaning to it <laughs> uh yeah no i think that's brilliant i mean i i've been thinking about that a lot lately and i'm happy you're already thinking in that way because mm. I noticed a ste- a steady decline in my like spiritual emotional health when I started doing music, my podcast and having my full-time job and yeah. being a person all at the same time. Like yeah. the happiest year in the past 5 years for me wildly or like maybe not happiest but most peaceful was 2018 when all I was doing was working my job and working on my music. Yeah. And I would just go on long walks every day and yeah. like I noticed trees and I'm like, how can I remove some of the chaos Yeah. so that I can get back at least a sliver of what that was like? Because I think you have to go like far in one direction when you're starting something. But then if it's still like frenetic like that at a certain yeah. point, you have to figure out how to pull back some of the layers. So I think it's so healthy that at this early point in your journey with this company, you're
1: already doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean... It's so important to almost schedule time to just think and Mm -hmm. be and exist and not make progress. Yeah. I think that's where the best things come. And this is like everyone that I've read that's been very successful in something has talked about the importance of setting time to think and just let your brain run and not – Every time you go on a walk, like put on a podcast or fill your head with something or content every single waking moment. It's like the world we live in now, no one is just going for a walk with nothing and just wandering and being bored. And I think that's where creativity, that's where ideas come. That's where like the best things come. And um, I think to schedule time for that and make that just like a sacred time of your day is hard at first but so rewarding and and even if nothing comes out of it you just look at a tree and it's great that's great and that's so
0: important and who's to say that's nothing it's
1: not nothing it's it's more something (laughs) you know what it's more something (laughs) than what you probably think you're doing right because it's the tree it's there yeah that's a thing it's real it's a real thing i'm a real tree that's a tree yeah yeah I totally agree. I totally a tree. You totally a tree. I a tree, you a tree. Uh,
0: yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And I love that idea to let yourself be bored.
1: You have to be. Let
0: yourself be yeah. bored. I don't let myself be bored. Be enough. bored. I be was bored. bored a lot when I was little. And that's why I started making up plays with my Beanie Babies. Exactly. They would all talk to each other. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. That's yeah. great.
0: We need to do the, you know, our age now equivalent of that.
1: It's hard. And Mm -hmm. I I really got to like be sympathetic to Gen Zers who were born with phones because I attribute – it was – boredom was forced on me when I was young. You know, there wasn't anything else to do. So you just pick up a piano or start to write things down or think or play and – Admittedly, if there had been a phone in my hand from day one, I wouldn't have I'm not above that. No, I No, we would. Have, it's yeah. like
0: more addictive than almost anything. It was I designed think.
1: to be, yeah, yeah, exactly. So um I just feel grateful to have been born with just enough time to understand the value of boredom and to yeah, I think I think I was like sixteen or seventeen when I got my first phone.
0: Yeah, and it was probably a flip phone. And even then
1: it was just snake. Yeah, yeah that's all you could play. Snake. <laughs> Yeah. I
0: forgot about It's all you play.
1: Oh, great game! <laughs> still play it. Uh,
0: so one other thing I want to ask you about is speaking of doing multiple things, you said you're still working on an album. So how are you finding a way? You know, you've got this other creative baby, the Renaissance yeah. Club, that's in your forefront. Yeah. But how are you finding a way to still give some love to your other project or projects?
1: Totally. I think that that is very much about trying to have kind of a clean mind. And when you're doing a thing, you're doing just that thing and everything else doesn't exist. And then when you do Renaissance Club, I'm just doing Renaissance Club. And again, just another, another thing meditation is great in helping build is just that kind of like being with whatever you're doing. And so I don't necessarily feel like when I'm working on the album – renaissance club just doesn't exist and i and i I take steps to make sure like i don't have notifications on my phone planning and scheduling i think is important not just going Mm. like yeah i think if you just go off of how do i feel today yeah you'll kind of get distracted and want to work on everything okay yeah
0: well this is good advice for me (laughs) To a
1: degree, called you know, out. To a degree, no. I
0: think it's a great thing. What the phrase that came into my uh, mind was: "Don't leave your creativity up to chance." Yeah. Because if you leave yeah. it up to chance, chances are it won't happen. Take a
1: chance on me. I love that. Circling round to the
0: beginning. Can you
1: just, can you use your little? <laughs> does this thing have? Can you just yeah, trigger that song? I, actually,
0: let me. I don't know, but wait, <laughs> I can play a sound pad. I think. Hold on. Let me see if this works. I think it's number
1: three. Commercial break. <laughs> There we go. That was phenomenal. <laughs> that was phenomenal.
0: Yes. this I got a yeah. new recording device for those who are confused. What is um, this called? The
1: ProTrack P4? It's amazing. You
0: should get it. I highly recommend it. Whether
1: you podcast or not, just Whether get it. Whether you
0: podcast or not, get it. I'm not being paid. It's a demand. It's a demand, though. It is. It's a threat. <laughs> so if you could leave the creatives listening with one thought about starting something new. Starting a new creative venture, whether it's something that they've already been in a creative field and they're starting a new creative venture or it's their first time creating something, what sort of like wisdom or advice would you give them that you wish you'd had a year ago?
1: Don't overthink it. Don't burden yourself with the whole big picture. Just think, what is one step toward that thing that I can do? And ask yourself that. Every day. Just make that a habit of going, what is one more thing toward this project? And don't put an expectation on yourself to succeed mm-hmm. or to do it or to to get what you want. Maybe that your only expectation should be to get this next one little thing done. Uh, and then just rinse, recycle, and repeat. That's not the phrase.
0: Recycle, rinse, repeat. Recycle,
1: recycle rinse, repeat?
0: I think so. Or is it just
1: rinse and repeat?
0: Well that's re- for reuse, hair
1: reuse recycle reuse recycle rinse rinse, recycle. rinse, re- rinse and recycle.
0: is the hair the shampoo one
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> what was the recycle thing that i learned in in junior re- reduce, high reuse, recycle. reduce reuse you recycle you just jam
0: two together which actually is pretty cool is and creative. creative
1: so unleash your inner creative
0: unleash your inner creative take a chance on me <laughs> Mikey, Michael, Eyal, I love you. I love you. Thank you so much for what you're putting out into the world and for helping people become more themselves.
1: That's so kind of you. I really believe it. And And I would love for you to be a beta tester on the second run if you want to be. I would love to. to. Okay, great. I'd love to be. All you have to be is in town, kind of.
0: Okay. Well, not I'm, even all I'm, the time. I'm, just that. kinda. I'm pretty much in town. Okay. Yeah. So I'll do it, and then I'll report back on the show, and then I can also be um, an influencer for you.
1: Yes. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I'd be I'd be proud. No, too. you'd
1: be in, the perfect person. Like you, I, if when I think of like target market, I just see your face. It's just target market. <laughs>
0: That's me. But I actually creative we can, intellectual. We can talk about it off air. But I have an idea too of oh, like please. other things that could happen. Okay, well, join Renaissance Club. Donate to the Indiegogo. Do it. Mm. Bye. Thank Love you. you. Thank you for listening, and thanks to my guest, Michael Jade. For more info on Renaissance Club, follow at renaissanceclub.la on Instagram. And if you'd like to donate to his crowdfunding campaign, check out his Indiegogo. It's M E slash at slash Club. That's I-G-G dot me slash at slash renaissance club. You can also find the link in the show notes. Thank you so much to Unleash producer Emily Shulmanovich. You can follow her at We Can't Find Emily. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's theme music. Follow her at Liz Full and again thank you if you like what you heard today remember to rate review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts share the show with a friend and post about it on social media tag me at Lauren Legrasso and at Unleash Schirner Creative and I will repost to share my gratitude my wish for you this week is that you start scheduling time to be bored what a revolutionary thought give your mind the love and space it needs to create because out of boredom your inner child takes charge and that's when your best ideas come I love you and I believe in you. Talk with you next week.